Hi everyone, this is the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya Vogel and this is episode number 74. This episode is with my dear, dear friend and bass player singer extraordinaire from Ballpark Music, Jen Boyce. Jen and I got to do this one in person, which was so lovely. Uh, She came over for a tea and we have a very casual podcast chat about all kinds of things, including a song we co-wrote, some embarrassing stories, mostly mine, uh, ballpark origins, and then some more serious stuff like her experiences with endometriosis. So if you don't want to hear about the health stuff, maybe give the end of this one a miss. But Jen is a really amazing advocate of knowledge sharing around endo to help others get the treatment that they need. Um, She talks a lot about this stuff too on her Instagram which is at cats and food one word so go check that out this is all very important stuff and it's definitely not talked about enough something we didn't talk about in our chat is that ballpark music have a new single out called sunscreen it is bloody fantastic please go and listen to it immediately actually pause this podcast intro go listen to the song then tune back in uh it is A really, really good song and uh, Ballpark Music are one of my favourite Australian bands and I'm very excited that they're recording again. So um, new music soon, I hope. Jen also played some bass on my new album and holy moly, she's such a gun on the bass. I'm so, so grateful that she um, lent her skills on my little record. Um, Hopefully I'll be able to share that with you guys at some point in the near future. Jen's strange show story was illustrated by Mark Chester Harding, and it's an amazing story with an equally amazing illustration. You can see more of Mark's stuff on Instagram at Mark Chester Harding. He also has an online store you can check out, which is www.markchesterharding.com. Nice and easy. I'll put this link in the show notes as well, so you can just click on it easily and go look at his beautiful work. As always, you can see all illustrations on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page. Leave me a little comment on iTunes and rate the podcast. I'd so love it if you did. Do it. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Here is episode number 74 with Jen Boyce. Tune. That was a really nice intro to our chat. It <laughs> was lovely. Oh. Just testing the levels yeah. with Foreigner. I feel like um, maybe I didn't quite know the lyrics, so I was looking at you for what the first word of the phrase was. We got there. I wasn't Ish. trustworthy. No, that's fine. I was not sure what I was doing either. You don't have to be correct when you're doing karaoke. <laughs> so the reason we started singing that was because we were just chatting about karaoke songs because you and Sam from your band just did a lovely rendition of cruising at the Triffid on the weekend it was it was uh 
unique. It was a unique rendition. <laughs> um, so you were saying you just went up on a whim at a trivia mm. night. Yeah. That sounds pretty fun. It was it was amazing. I, I didn't realize that they were going to have karaoke party after trivia. Um, but Sam was like, oh, mate, you want to do a song? I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, you want to do cruising? Oh, yeah, why not? And then suddenly it was our turn and... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was fantastic. We were definitely the worst there, but it was that made it great. That's always <laughs> the way. I feel like musicians are inherently bad at karaoke. Oh, you have to be. Yeah, you, you can't take it seriously, no, otherwise you're an no idiot. No way. Then you're like, oh, okay, show off, All yeah. right, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like musicians hate karaoke or they're the worst at karaoke. Yeah. And that's great. Well, I just feel like if you take it too seriously – it's it makes you feel silly like it's, oh yeah i don't know i don't know it makes why you feel that... like you're doing your job yeah maybe <laughs> and that's boring that is boring. How... <laughs> so i want to be having fun on my night out i'm i'm drunk and i'm gonna <laughs> sing huey lewis and gwyneth paltrow at the same time <laughs> and, did, and did you say sam forgot it was a duet yeah i don't know if he forgot it was a duet or he was just super excited by the song but yeah he was just like mm, i'll throw that out the window i want to sing the whole thing every single line but you guys did some really nice harmonies we did harmonies it was good you can't yeah. get away from your destiny of beautiful harmonies no in ballpark music. i cannot possibly not harmonize <laughs> jen Sarah, you are one of two bands now that i have interviewed two members from hey um, regurgitator and ballpark music and um, I should have prepared something like I maybe should have mm. listened to Sam's episode mm. but it, I didn't neither did I so I apologize to anyone listening um, <laughs> if we're sort of covering ground that yeah. has already been covered I'm sure we'll cover it in a slightly different way yeah well yeah. you you've got mm. the f- um, feminine perspective that's on, right you know yeah very feminine perspective yeah <laughs> i've always said that about you have yeah. a very feminine I, perspective absolutely probably the most feminine perspective yeah in the band yeah <laughs> in the band, in the band. Yeah. <laughs> hey here's a question okay do you ever get like i was gonna say accused do you ever get um questioned about whether mm. or not you're in a romantic relationship with band members I feel like we definitely used to. Um, uh, yeah, early on when when people didn't know Ballpark or didn't know us like as individual people, I think they would just assume that I must be the girlfriend of one of the band members or something. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, occasionally like at gigs and stuff, um, once again, early on before people knew who we were, they would assume that – you know, I couldn't possibly be a member of the band that I must have just been like with them. Yeah. Um, just put her on bass. It's yeah. the easiest instrument. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Not now. Not now. People I mean, we've, we're all like, um, you know, in long-term relationships and I think we're all pretty uh, open about that on our social media and stuff. Yeah. So people are very aware who our partners are and yeah, you know, it's it's not there's no there's no secrets. Yeah, that's um, good. But yeah, hundred percent early on, there's definitely that sort of vibe, which is weird. I can relate to it because I mean, I did have a relationship with my band member, but but I even found in Regurgitator, people were like, you know, they were asking about mm. it or yeah. People sometimes call me Janet. I look so different to Janet. <laughs> I 
going to call you Janet now. That's pretty weird. Because <laughs> like, no, Kwan couldn't possibly not. have another yeah. band member that's a girl no, that's no not way. his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. Yeah. Look, I I get it. Sometimes you want to pick up on a vibe between people, you know, maybe it's the fantasy you want them to be in a relationship, but yeah, don't just assume. And that goes for, you know, it, everywhere in life. Totally. Don't assume relationships. Totally. I feel like everywhere I go, like if I go shopping or anything with a man who's a friend, inevitably a sh- shopkeeper somewhere is going to be like, oh, are you guys dating? Or like, how long yeah. have you guys been together? And it's like, yeah. well, just because I, ha- I have a boy who's a friend, we don't have to be together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm. Although I was really happy the other week when a tattoo artist asked me and my female friend if we were together because I was yeah. like, Maybe I just give off a very big girlfriend vibe with whoever I'm out with. I don't know. But he was like, oh, I, I apologize. Sorry, I shouldn't have assumed. And I'm like, no, it's better than assuming that, that every boy I'm with is my boyfriend. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe you do give off yeah. a girlfriend vibe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I do. I don't anyway, think you do. I feel like I give off a friend vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. interesting thing to think about i don't know <laughs> it's it gonna make me feel weird now like the amount of people it's happened to me with i'm like why do people think this <laughs> um let me tell you my first memory of you okay um so i obviously knew ballpark i have two memories so i knew of ballpark music that were like a young band that all went to uni together but um were really good at their instruments that's what that's what I remember thinking. That's nice. My first memory um, of the band is when you played Apartment with mm. Dave McCormack at the Hi-Fi Bar. Yep. Um, and I remember you guys like absolutely nailing it. I think I may have said, I've told this story on Sam's podcast. And I remember thinking, yeah, like, wow, they're so young and they're so good at stuff. <laughs> And then my second memory is of you playing solo and you you were supporting Darren Hanlon. Oh, wow. And I remember thinking you were so cute. You were like, you still had really short hair. Mm -hmm. You were, you sang like an angel and you had a guitar. And I was like, (laughs) I think I want to be her friend. (laughs) And then it took a good like 15 years for us to become friends. It truly did. It took a (laughs) long time. And like, because I knew who you were. And I'd seen you around and for the longest time, I think we were just like smile and wave yeah. acquaintances. Like yep. I know who this person is, but yeah. I I don't have any closeness to go and talk yeah. to them about anything yet. Yeah, like a lot of mm. musicians. We yeah. Kind of ships in the so night. I feel like I already knew you before I knew you. Yeah, me yeah. too. I knew I loved you before <laughs> I met you. you. I think oh. I dreamed you into life. It's exactly I didn't like know the that words song. To that that's, at all. that's right. I let us in that one. Yeah, I was also not trustworthy, but yeah. <laughs> um, so a little while ago, we co-wrote a song together on mm. this beautiful songwriting camp that our mutual friend Emma runs, um, called Wild Mountains, which is basically just a bunch of musicians going up a mountain and writing songs together for a few days. So and amazing! It was so mm. beautiful, and I was so honestly so excited to get to be paired with you yes oh my gosh and um, it was like a dream come true it really was mm. and we spent two days giggling <laughs> and I think we wrote a song that was pretty good absolutely like it was a little bit of a laugh <laughs> yeah but it was also 
technically quite good. I hope people get to hear it one day. Yeah, we should release it one day. We should re-record it and, I don't know, maybe make it slightly better than you can do in a day and a half of of writing and recording. Yeah, because we recorded it in like three Mm. hours or something. Yeah. 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 It was a wonderful job. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Beautifully executed. So beautifully done. But, yeah, Yeah. I reckon we could like, yeah, we should release it some. Yeah. Should I say what it's about? I feel oh. suddenly very self-conscious. <laughs> Why not? It's going to come out eventually. So um, I, we, were, we were sitting talking about, you know, that awkward – I don't know how many people have, have been in this situation where you, you are like, okay, let's write a song together. Mm. And suddenly and, you're sitting on a picnic blanket in yeah. the wilderness with someone that you kind of don't know. Yeah, with an omnicord in hand and acoustic guitar <laughs> and like, on the other – we need to get to know each other. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about things that had happened to us or funny stories and we were just getting to know each other and um, and chatting. And I said that I just had done something really ridiculously embarrassing. <laughs> and so I told you that um, uh, – so I hate to name drop, but I've got, I'm going to have to um, – <laughs> I was telling you that Bernard Fanning and I had become friends. We'd been sending each other songs and, um, and, you know, Bernard and I have been in each other's vicinity as much like you and I in Mm. seeing each other and waving and being friendly to each other, but we hadn't really been good friends. Um, um, But we were becoming good friends and sending each other stuff and the way that happened was because we were both writing an album or both writing new music and, and, (laughs) (laughs) you're so embarrassed (laughs) so we were saying maybe we could send each other some stuff and Bernard said yeah it would be really nice for someone to hear my songs that doesn't live with me and uh, I said yeah because I guess the people that live with you have to love the songs because they love you and this is great because we don't love each other yet (laughs) (laughs) and as soon as I said that I was like oh no why did I I did a weird thing (laughs) said a weird thing (laughs) and he just started laughing and then he very quickly had to get off the phone and um yeah he's like oh pick up my kids or something and I was like oh no I've bloody blown (laughs) it no more friendship there I mean the thing that mortified me was I I felt like I didn't want him to think that I didn't love him as a friend because of course I love him as a friend and and so I was like oh that's awful to for him to think that I don't love him (laughs) and then on the other hand it kind of sounded like we were going to have an affair, but we hadn't yet, <laughs> so, so <laughs> which is equally as mortifying. And so he definitely overthought this in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then I texted him like, you know, we don't love each other yet. What a funny thing to say. Sorry, I'm, you know, and didn't hear back from him for about two hours because <laughs> he's obviously picking up his kids and being a great dad. Um, and then he wrote back eventually saying, um, you're so German. You're so German. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a really nice message. Anyway, you and I were dying over this story because mm-hmm. it was very oh, embarrassing and so very fantastic. funny. So we wrote a song called mm-hmm. You Don't Love Me Yet. Yeah. And it wasn't about Bernard, <laughs> no, but it was a, kind just of, inspired by yeah. that yeah. notion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it all worked out and everyone's great yeah. friends 
So and good. Um, everyone loves everyone. He's the yeah. nicest man on yeah. the planet. He's so incredibly lovely. Very forgiving for his <laughs> dork friend yeah. for the stupid thing she says. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so can we go back to now that I've embarrassed myself? Yeah. My turn? Can we yeah, your turn. <laughs> um can you tell me about Little Jen and mm. what Little Jen was <laughs> listening to and if you if Little Jen always wanted to be a musician? Mm. Little Jen always wanted to be a musician. I think I was pretty into singing from the moment I could talk. Mum um, um, tells the story of me getting up on my Nana's hospital bed and singing... Um, a whole Seekers song, like both verses and choruses when I was like two um, all the way through, even though I was like the shyest little thing. But when it came to music, I was like, I love music. I will sing Aww. a song for my Nana. And um, what were you singing? Um, I think it was um, the Seekers World of Our Own. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Still my go to song to sing to babies. Really? Like, yeah. Give me a bar. Uh, close the door, light the light We're staying home tonight Far away from the bustle and the bright city lights Oh my yeah, god Gorgeous song Just got goosebumps <laughs> So beautiful um, uh, So yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the one um, That yeah, obviously I was a really big Seekers fan Still am Yeah Great tunes Great there Great tunes um, But yeah, uh I so I was always, always, always into music, and um, you know, started piano lessons when I was a little kid, and was always singing in choirs and um, just you know, at home, and I'd sing with my sister, and the best, <laughs> the best times that we had singing together, and I guess learning how to harmonize and that sort of thing was listening to uh, tapes in the car and our. Our favourite tapes were uh, Herman's Hermit's Greatest Hits. Oh, I think um, I had that in our yep. car too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, let's sing that together <laughs> later. <laughs> Some bangers on that tape. Oh. Uh, Carly Simon, Carol King. Uh, when we got to CDs, we had a John Farnham anthology, which was fantastic for the harmonising yeah, oh, yeah. and for, like, training my voice to be higher which is is cool he was very good at projecting oh my goodness yeah Yeah. that that man still has an incredible voice like whoa yeah uh and then yeah growing up and discovering my own music um i was really into hansen yeah which i think makes sense because there's a lot of harmonies there as well and obviously when you're a kid seeing other kids doing music you're like great i can yeah, do this too totally um little hotties yeah. that's right i thought they were girls yeah um, for the longest too. time and i was Hot like girls these girls can do it so can i Mum <laughs> <laughs> uh, had to convince me that they were boys by telling me that look they have boys watches on and i was oh. like oh, you're joking they do <laughs> like that's that that's what got me wow <laughs> i know she was like oh i think they're boys i'm like no no definitely girls no, look at their watches. <gasps> no. Shakara, you're joking me. <laughs> I can't yeah. do it. If they're my, boys, they my, have all the advantages. My little eight-year-old brain was just, yeah, broken. Oh. But, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then was just constantly into anything that had amazing harmonies and interesting chords and 
have particularly like beautiful stories in the songs. I think that's why I really love Carol King and um, people like Ben Folds so much because I love the stories in songs. Yeah, that's so cool. And then, so you had lessons and stuff when you were a kid. Mm. Were they yeah. all piano? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I had piano lessons from when I was about four. Like it was just piano lessons, but there was a, a lot of sort of musicianship um, in intertwined with yeah. those with those lessons. So, but yeah. you like like properly learnt how to read music and everything. I wouldn't say properly. <laughs> they tried. Um, like they I, tried. They tried. The team of people. The team of yeah. tried to teach me tried. Thousands of people have tried. <laughs> no, look, I can read music. Yeah. Uh, I prefer to learn by ear, and yeah. I think I always have. So yeah. even when I would be pretending to read music, my teacher would be like, "You're not reading this, are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely am." No, I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I just listened to it. Just and, mimicking. Yeah. So I was. Um, so yeah, I think that was just the, my preferred way of learning was, was by ear, yeah. which it still is. Mine um, too. yeah, but, uh, you know, if I wanted to learn something properly, I'd learn it by music, like sheet music, but mm. I can't be bothered to no, be honest. It takes so yeah. long. I'll take so long. Rather <laughs> just listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went to study music mm. at QUT, yeah. Queensland University of Technology. That's right. I never thought that that I would study music. Yeah, what happened? Mm. Why did you do that? Um, I think I got bored. Mm. <laughs> I because I finished year twelve when I was sixteen, and what? Yeah, That's I. Young. I my birthday's at the end of the year, and I started school when I was just five. Whoa! So, um, yeah, um, I was. I was too young for schoolies for two years in a row after oh, I finished man. school. My parents took us to New Zealand instead. That was pretty oh. fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like a lot of my friends were 18 by the time we finished school. Um, and so because I was so young and I knew I wanted to do music, but I didn't know where I wanted that to lead me in life and whether I wanted to study or not. So I was I was gigging from about then, like um, – mostly at well some places that would allow underage performers but mostly just at house parties and that sort of thing just I guess getting better at playing at that stage I was playing guitar and singing just by myself oh what kind of tunes oh love really emotional ballads yeah (laughs) lovely you know that a 16 year old would write at house parties yeah we just like at my parents house mega down house parties oh right yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i was imagining Uh, like keg parties and then you like come out with your acoustic (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no 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 it was it was uh you know not not too downers Mm -hmm. not too downer but um yeah definitely emotional um but yeah, um, mum was really good about sort of, you know, getting me to work out what direction I wanted to go in and, you know, being like, well, you got to, you got to have some sort of plan, some sort of trajectory that you want to take. So we do like a Jen's business plan and, wow, and, that's and so do like, great. you know, what do you want to do? You want to do gigs. Okay. How are you going to get the gigs? You know, you've got to practice, you've got to practice performing, you've got to, you know, get the equipment you need get the good guitar blah 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 whatever it was and um yeah like how to constantly be improving and and working out 
my my business plan, I guess what I what I wanted to do to get where I wanted to be. And what a great mom. Yeah. Oh, she's incredible. And like my parents have always been really supportive of me doing music. I guess because from a young age they were like, well, I'm pretty sure this is what she wants to do. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I, I did a couple of TAFE courses um, after I finished school and just worked and did the odd gig. Um, and then, yeah, I was doing a TAFE course. and a good, What were your TAFE courses then? Um, I did a music business and uh, I did music for um, media, like um, film and TV and video oh. games and that sort of thing, yeah. Cool. So for a while I thought that was what I wanted to do. Um, I couldn't afford any equipment like a computer or a MIDI keyboard or anything. So that held me back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, don't know if I'm going to be able to do this music for film thing if I don't have a computer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> setback. It's a little bit of setback. Yeah. But um, a good friend of mine was studying at QUT and just, you know, for shits and giggles, I went on the QUT website one time and was like, Bachelor of Music. I wonder what I'd have to do to apply for that pretty much just like clicked on apply and they're like great here's your audition time and I was like oh okay um all right I think I'm gonna do an audition for uni didn't see that coming but here we go and then what was the lead up time oh I don't know I must have like I must have applied like later in the year for the next year's intake and I was like 19 at this time as well so um I guess a lot of the people who were in my year were just out of uni as well or sorry just out of high school or you know the next year kind of thing and I was by that time like three years out so I felt like an old person you know um but yeah so I just went in and sang a song and got into uni and because I was like hmm do I want to go for piano or singing and then I was like singing's so easy you don't need any equipment (laughs) you you don't need to read music or anything (laughs) you don't need to yeah don't need to lug anything around I'm just gonna go and sing that'll be easy um so yeah I feel like I sort of did that process as like a eh, maybe yeah maybe I'll go I don't care and then yeah when you get the letter they'll be like congratulations you are going to uni it's like, oh, okay. It's happening. I'll give it a go, you know, <laughs> give, it a, give it a red hot go. Um, so, yeah, ended up at uni. Absolutely hated it oh, to no. start with. Um, and then managed to find the band about halfway through the first year. And having the band to rehearse with was truly the only reason that I stayed. Like, I think structured learning is not good with my brain yeah right. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm not good at it at all um it's good to know about yourself yeah I'm great at self-educating yeah I love learning mm. and I love yeah um reading about things and and learn I guess learning new skills but in a but way someone that, tells you yeah no, someone thank you yeah <laughs> I really distrust authority you know <laughs> no, but we had some amazing experiences there yeah. and particularly with um people who were I guess helping to who saw potential potential in the band and were helping to shape our sound and like um Jeff Green for ages we called band daddy because <laughs> um you know he had a lot of experience in how a band works and so you'd be like okay well I think you know drums need to be a little bit more delicate and um you know you know harmonies maybe like this and 
and it was amazing to have that sort of insight when you know we're all just basically these little kids being yeah. like yay let's play music yeah. and um so that was an amazing experience and and actually having the band to play with and 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 do shows with kept me in uni and um somehow we all graduated <laughs> um i think i failed one of my subjects so i didn't think i was going to graduate um and i failed a subject called the music industry um, <laughs> because, only because I think we I've were also failed that subject yeah, in real um, life but because we were away on tour um and I didn't go to any of the classes yeah. um but yeah I think maybe they just didn't want me to come back to uni because they were just like yep here's your degree oh wow <laughs> so you were already doing lots of tours when you were at uni yeah wow. I think we we started touring in our last year of uni yeah so we did three years and then, yeah, we started touring in 2010. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess it was, you know, not large scale yeah. touring, um, but it was our first experience of, of touring and, yeah, pretty pretty weird trying to, like, still hold down our, our like, part-time jobs that we needed to, to pay our rent but also do the study that we needed to, to stay in uni oh and, goodness. yeah, be – touring but yeah, it all worked out yeah right you know I think we're all pretty responsible people so even though you know we're having a really fun time and um yeah partying a bit we were you know we knew what needed to get done so we're like <laughs> it's like it's all gonna be fine There's tonight gonna be, we yeah. have to go to bed right after the gig yeah <laughs> oh that never happens <laughs> happens now plenty yeah. yeah that's my life now um but yeah certainly was not a thing back in the day did but, you all feel mm. like it was meant to be like the, those personality mm. types all fit together immediately or were yeah. there some ironing out of well it was funny at first because I wasn't in their band to start with I came in like a couple of weeks later because I was in a different class I was in a jazz class and I was really not enjoying it. Um, and so I went to Jeff Green, Band Daddy, and was yep. like, can I please join someone else's band? Like, I think I want to do the the pop music thing rather than the jazz music thing. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, um, you could probably go join Sam Cromack's band. Um, uh, I don't know what instruments they need. Maybe you can do backup vocals or something like that and I was like great I'll do anything like that sounds fun yeah and yeah walked into the class and I was like hey um Jeff said I could do backup vocals or something and I swear they all looked at me like oh my god like what 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 is happening this is terrible (laughs) Um, because I'd already had a little crew yeah they already had at that point they had five people already oh wow and um they had like way too many guitars and no one was playing bass yet and you know it was a bit of a blokes club I guess and um so they were like one oh my god a girl and it's like two what she's just gonna do backup vocals or something and um you know they've since laughed at themselves majorly for, for for you know feeling like that but I suppose as 18 year old boys they were like oh girl here oh so not cool um so yeah I was like well do you want to just play me a song and I'll see you know what you guys sort of do and they played me all I want is you which we ended up having um on an EP and then on our first album and yeah from that moment I was like holy crap like that's a really good song it's a good song young 
for for a young kid to to write like that's that's pretty bloody awesome and I was like so who's gonna play bass and they went oh well we've got three guitarists so probably one of us will just play bass and I was like well oh like I'm a keys player but obviously Paul plays the keys and he's amazing um so I was like well I don't want to just do backup vocals so maybe find me a bass and I'll see if I can play along um so I did and then I loved it I loved it so much is that the first time you picked up a bass um I had played I'd played my sister had a bass um that she got for her birthday when she was a teenager that I'd sort of fiddled on and then I played uh I played in a musical um for like a community theater thing uh and played bass when I was very not qualified to play bass <laughs> like super super simple um you know following chord charts kind of thing um but yeah that was the first time that I'd played bass and sang at the same time and I guess yeah played bass by ear and um yeah I loved it so much and Aww. it quickly became my preferred instrument yeah and yeah, I, I really, really love the bass. And you won over the boys' club. I won them over. What happened to the other member? Um, he left after the first album, I think. Yeah, oh, we, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it turns out a band doesn't need three guitarists. Yeah. So, yeah, it just was not going to work as a six-piece, <laughs> turns out. Um, so, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. That's a cute origin story. Yeah. Of <laughs> feeling, like, extricated and then... And then welcome Incl- to the and I'm included. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> How did you then like decide to do little solo things? Well, I because I'd already been before I um I think before I was eighteen when I was just doing the house parties with yeah. the sad ballads. <laughs> um, I was playing guitar and singing, and I guess because I'd always been a piano player, I realized when I was probably about 18 that like that was going to be the better path to go through if I wanted to actually like showcase what I could do a bit better was to play an instrument that I was more comfortable with so I yeah wrote some wrote some more songs rejigged my set a little bit and then started playing around Brisbane as Jennifer Boyce and it was just me and a piano and at one point I got a band together and um yeah played as a three-piece um but, yeah, I missed the whole, like, uh, you know how a little while ago, probably like probably like 10 years ago now, there was this big, like, um, solo female singer, like, resurgence. Sure. So I was like, missed that by a bit, <laughs> <laughs> which was a bummer. But, you know, then I met the band and I was yeah. like, ah, oh, I'm having a very good time. I love this. So... Uh, yeah, I guess I had like a bit more that I wanted to express and I started playing the ukulele and it was just fun and cute and I really enjoyed yeah. that sort of, I don't know, quirky cuteness of the ukulele and using other instruments like the guitar and that uh, to, yeah, sing my little songs and, and I really I really just enjoyed that and how sort of relaxed that kind of um, setting is just playing ukulele and singing. Yeah, totally. Mm. And it was really, I remember feeling really affected, like getting goosebumps from Mm. your voice. You sing like a goddamn angel, babe. (laughs) Thanks, doll. 
cute. Um, no, you do have quite an yeah. extraordinary voice. Oh, and I think it you. always comes through like on ballpark records as well mm. where, you know, like it would be – Sam obviously has an incredible voice mm. and he's a great frontman, yeah. but there's something about you guys singing together that's so magical. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah. I've just always loved doing harmonies. Yeah. So born yeah. to do harmonies. Totally. I born feel to like, harmonize. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, That's yeah. your next solo record. <laughs> Jen Boyce, born to harmonize. <laughs> just me harmonizing with myself a million times. <laughs> Turn can that I, off right now. <laughs> can I sing on yeah. it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you have to harmonize with yourself though, like Great, a million we'll times. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I find that really special and mm. I love watching you guys play live and mm. sing together mm, and you must you. feel that too like that the special relationship that yours and Sam's voice yeah have. yeah the other thing that I notice when I watch you guys play is you're the smiliest person <laughs> on stage that I've ever seen you just look like you're having the best time <laughs> every I time am. I see you play. <laughs> it's yeah so nice to see oh, I just love it so much and like honestly I can't stop like I get out there and I see the crowd and I'm just like <gasps> and I'm just so happy until you know until it's over and I go backstage and fall asleep like oh. <laughs> Um, but it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's truly lovely. And, and I never get sick of walking on stage and seeing all the happy faces in the yeah. audience. And it really, really makes me super happy. Yeah. It's mm. really nice to see a friend so smiley mm. on stage. Cause I feel like so many people I know have, you know, perf- performance issues or get mm, nervous yeah. or get scared yeah. or. Well, I used um, to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, when I used to play solo, I'd vomit before every oh, performance God. cause I was so nervous um and I was never nervous to play with the band um I I just felt really different to be you know I guess part of that team um but I definitely did not used to be smiley and I used to be sort of more reserved and um I I tried to think about it one day to be like I need to I need to just like perform a little bit more over the top and and how I worked out how to be more confident was like, Jen, pretend you're Taylor Hanson. <laughs> Everyone loves you. You know, you're super hot. You're a super hot girl. You're super hot female. Um, you know, you've got a cool watch. Yeah. Um, you can rollerblade. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was just and like, it worked. Just, and it worked. Be Taylor Because Hansen. I was like, just, yeah, be someone else who you know would absolutely rock it. Yeah. And um yeah, so after I pretended to be someone else for a while, then I was able to just sort of be Jen. Yeah, just be Jen and be my own self being happy. Yeah, yeah. with your own cool watch. With my own cool watch. <laughs> <laughs> Tells me when I snore. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did yeah, that's so funny that you had to pretend to be someone else. Yeah. And also that yeah. it worked because I think yeah. when I've been in stages of panic in my life mm. around performance, I haven't been able to get out of it until mm. I somehow like communicate with the audience. Mm-hmm. I always find that 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 is the only way that yeah. I will stop being nervous is yep. if I have some kind of interaction. Totally. Yep. yep. I absolutely get that. Mm. <laughs> um, hey, tell me about, so I know that you're very public around this on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had quite a lot of health issues mm-hmm. and you're helping spread some awareness for this sort of unique 
um, situation that you've mm-hmm. found yourself in. Can you tell yep. me a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so earlier in the year, I had um, surgery to remove endometriosis, which is a super, super common condition and affects like at least one in 10 people with uteruses. So it's, I guess it's something that used to not be talked about much, but now there's a lot more awareness about it and a lot more people are actually going and getting um, referrals Mm. to endo specialists to find out if they do have it or not because unfortunately there's no cure and the only, I guess, treatment is um, proper excision surgery to remove it all, um, which can be quite um, extensive if Mm. you've got um, severe endo and... um, yeah, mine was mostly on my bowel, so I had a portion of my bowel removed. Um, and, yeah, it was quite a lengthy recovery and, and obviously the, um, you know, actually having endo in the first place and having it for such a long time without anyone ever saying, I think you might have endo. Yeah. like Just undiagnosed pain. Yeah, undiagnosed pain and discomfort um, constantly really over the last – you know 10 or 15 years um that really yeah came to a head and just made doing anything at all extremely difficult i was uh super super tired and in pain all the time and and because of that i was also um just really depressed and Mm. had brain fog couldn't think couldn't do anything and um yeah having having this surgery I'm, i'm so grateful that it's um obviously worked quite well for me doesn't it doesn't always work for everyone and Mm. you know not all surgeons are created equally so um sometimes people get no relief at all um but i'm yeah incredibly grateful that it's made such a big difference in my life and and in you know then what i can do that i can um find more joy in in performing and playing music without mm. being in constant pain and yeah because um, that must have mm. really affected your touring lives it and really did everything. yeah i was um like i'd get migraines all the time touring and um well, that's obviously really hard when you're yeah. not getting much sleep and you're rocking up to venues and having to load heavy things in and wait around for hours and yeah it's really really difficult but like the boys in our crew have always been so supportive and mm. you know have known that I had to rest when I have to rest and um yeah I've never forced me to go beyond my limitations when I've been sick and um yeah they were amazingly supportive of um when I had my surgeries and um yeah my recovery time and everything mm. like that so it's they've been really really incredible supportive friends amazing and um yeah I just wanted to talk about my experience because it is something that's you know was so taboo and should really be talked about more because it's so common and um it's the the trend in the past has been for I guess for particularly um doctors to not believe women when they say that they're in pain yeah which is absolutely horrific and that if people were believed more readily and it was investigated, then it wouldn't get to the point where, you know, now I'm having part of my bowel removed because it's been so badly affected when yeah. if someone 10 years ago had said, oh, maybe we should get this looked at, then could have been removed before it got to that stage and, and it wouldn't have been 
yeah, such a huge impact on my life at this point. Yeah. So you mm. so you had doctors say it's nothing mm-hmm. or yep. d- it's just I f- period pain? I first went just... to the doctor about my period pain when I was 16. Mm. Um, and I remember my periods being really heavy and painful mm. from when I first got them from when I was about 13. Um, and yeah, I pretty much had an ultrasound at 16 and they went, oh, everything looks normal. Like you just got bad period pain, Yeah. but endo doesn't show up on regular ultrasounds and, uh, you know, they could have, they could have recognized like, oh, it seems like you're in a lot of pain and you're, you know, these are really difficult times for you. Perhaps we'd better send you to a gynecologist, but instead they just went, oh, you've just got bad periods. Like, so what should have, mm. they, they should have actually had like a, another mm. test done. Well, if they had been able to send me to a gynecologist who knew about endo and was able to listen to my symptoms and either say, you know, your symptoms are very mild or potentially I think you might have endo. Um, we can investigate by doing an exploratory surgery, which is sadly the only way to do it at the moment. Mm. Um, then, you know, if they get it that early and remove it all, um, you know, radically, then the chances of that coming back is not as not as great if it's yeah. already spread all over your abdominal cavity. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see more young people going to their doctors and getting referrals if they feel like something's wrong because we know our body's the best and it's unfortunately up to us to advocate for our own health and to say, I know something's not right and I need you to do something about it. Um, of course. Because if you get told at 16 that, oh, everything's normal, you're just in pain all the time, then you believe it yeah. and you go through your life thinking that no matter how bad you feel, it must be normal and it's absolutely not normal to be in pain or to feel discomfort all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like I get a lot of messages from people who are going through the same thing and a lot of them are really young, like they're in their late teens or early 20s and they're like, thanks for posting this because it's made me realise that my pain's not normal and um you know i'm gonna go see a specialist and i'll keep you posted and oh this is great yeah and what a and, great thing to yeah, do and i feel like like the shit that i've been through if i can help someone else sort it out earlier and get their life in check earlier yep. then that's that's the only thing i want like i don't want anyone else to have to suffer unnecessarily yep. yeah if i can sort of share my experience and help other people to get through because it is such a journey as well to get, you know, a proper endo diagnosis and have surgery and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah I just want to make sure that everyone else has the right information and, and the right support as well. Well, that's so lovely. And I really, it speaks to the kind of person that you are just a really generous, beautiful, lovely and caring individual and i love you and i'm so glad that you're feeling some relief from all of your crazy symptoms because i met you 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 know before your surgery and and, um things were pretty crap so i'm really glad that you're finding some relief and that you're still smiling on stage even through (laughs) your crazy pain i can't help it i love being (laughs) on stage so much (laughs) well i want to ask you my final question which is the question that i ask everyone Um, what's your strangest show story or the strangest thing that's happened to you because you play music (sighs) okay so i think i've got i've got two great um, I think the, the strangest thing that's happened to me because I play music is um, 
that there's a a young man in Victoria has a tattoo of my eyes on his arm. What? Um, <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. What? He told me after a show at an all ages show and he said, I'm turning 18 soon and I'm going to get your eyes from the surrender film clip tattooed on my arm. And I, and at the time I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, I don't think you will. And then he got it done and he sent me a photo. Fuck. And it's an amazing tattoo. <laughs> like it's absolutely, it's my eyes. It's like, your it, eyes. It's my eyes. Where on his on body? His, on his forearm. Okay. Yeah. So it takes up his entire forearm. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, you can tell it's my eyes. It's quite incredible. That's creepy. Um, Is it creepy? Um, Those eyes are looking at him all the time. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Right, I can't see it. <laughs> well, look, think about what those eyes have yeah, seen. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like, um, yeah, pretty. That's wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but you know, good on him for getting such a, a big <laughs> tattoo, like straight up. Like, wow, that's was confidence. That his, his first tattoo. Yeah, like, like wow. as soon as he turned eighteen, he got it. Yeah, turns um, eyes. My eyes. Yeah. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um. <laughs> But the other one is a touring story, yeah. And I, I know that <laughs> I know that Sam told you a naked man story. Yes, I have another naked man story. Yes. <laughs> a different man. A different naked man. <laughs> um, and this one was when we were playing, uh, we were playing New Year's Eve show, um, in I want to say Bustleton. Or somewhere near there in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. And I can't actually remember what the festival is called. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> there were more important things going on, as you will soon find out. Um, so I think we were actually playing on New Year's Day. So we'd been in Victoria for a couple of days. So we were just used to uh, the like daylight saving time. And then we went to Western Australia and we got to spend New Year's Eve at this little, it was at sort of a, I guess, a accommodation park where you have like individual units scattered all over the place. Um, and it was New Year's Eve and because our body clocks were three hours out of the local time, we were desperately trying to stay up to New Year's Eve so we could be like, we're going to go to bed. <laughs> um so I think we all just made it to midnight and then we're like, oh, thank God. Okay, we can go to bed now. Went to bed uh, at about four in the morning. Dan knocked on my door and was like, hey, Jen, um, look, no, not a big deal just yet. But um, there's a there's a guy in our bedroom bathroom, like in our ensuite, um, and he is refusing to get out. <laughs> I was like what (laughs) okay I have to see this for myself and by this time he'd woken everyone up and we all just congregated in the twins room where they were staying where they had an ensuite we're just sitting on the floor in the in the bedroom and we're like so tell me tell me what's happened and Sam said that he had heard a guy walking around like trying to open the doors and windows on his side of the unit and he'd gone like you hit the wrong unit and obviously he managed to find a door that was open or easily unlockable and came in, found his way into the twins' bedroom, went straight into their ensuite and 
one of the twins woke up and thought like, was that Sam? Did Sam just yeah. go into our bathroom? Like, why would? <laughs> What's he doing in there? Sam's got his own bathroom. Why would he do that? And and he went over and knocked on the door and was like, "Are you, are you all right?" And didn't get a response. And then so he opened the door a little bit and saw a random naked man <laughs> asleep on the toilet. Wow. And so he closed the door yeah. and was like. What the fuck? Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that's not Sam. There's a guy in there. I don't know who that is. And so woke all of us up to, to let us know of the situation. <laughs> and so he'd obviously woken up, realised that he was in a bit of a pickle, put his clothes back on. and Wait, so he came in with clothes? Yes, but then okay. he took them off to go to the toilet and gotcha. then fell asleep on the toilet. Gotcha. <laughs> to which... Yeah, there was the naked man on the toilet. Wow. And so uh, we were trying to reason with him. We're like, please, it's not your hotel room. Can you please get out? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, he was getting really riled up. He must have (laughs) been really out of it. And um, at one point he said, oh, you're going to need a fucking gladiator to get me out of here. We were just like, what is happening? This is It's like four o'clock on New Year's Day. What is this? We have to play today. This is so weird. And we ended up calling hotel security and the police. Because he just refused to get out. And you didn't have a gladiator handy. And we did not have a gladiator handy. Wow. And so the, the security for the hotel complex came in and were like, oh, so sorry, guys. Like, sorry about that. And... Um, he refused to get out. Eventually, he opened the door, just like smugly walked past us out of the bedroom and out where the security went and got him. Whoa. And we were just like, what, what happened? What? This is so, this is the weirdest thing we've ever experienced. And Dan walked into the bathroom and found that the guy had taken a shit in the spa. <laughs> So we thought it was over, but it was not over. So the poor hotel security had to come back and clean up a human grown man's shit from a spa bath and apologise to us profusely. And um, and apparently this seemed to have not been the first time this had happened. Oh, they no. knew, like, they're like, they oh, we him. know him. Um, and yeah. now everyone locks their doors Ab- when they go to absolutely. sleep. Absolutely. Always lock your doors anyway. Just yeah. always do it. Um, More wisdom from Jen. Totally. But the best bit was that he'd left behind his, like, fancy boat shoes and oh. we got to put them in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. Burn them. Take that spa shit guy. <laughs> so, you could have yeah. taken a shit on his shoes. <laughs> and then put him in the bin. <laughs> So there we go. Don't know if he was at the show the next day, but um, yeah, I doubt it. You never know who you're going to encounter. So you've got to be careful when you choose to shit in someone's spa. That's true. Mm. Could be like the next Triple J Darlings. (laughs) (laughs) What a time. Yeah. 
<laughs> we tend to stay in places now where there's not random people who can come in and take a shit in your spa. So yeah. That's really good. That's their mm. level up, you know? That's yeah. like, that's where you want to be as oh, a band. It's like, stop staying at places where someone could potentially yeah. shit in your spa. Yeah. It's, that's where you want to get to. Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit hotel, hotel with spa, but someone can get in yeah. and take a shit yeah. in it. Yeah. And then like a nice hotel with spa without Without any to, strangers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love being at this stage yeah yeah, yeah. It's great i'm so happy for you i think i might still be in shit in spa stage <laughs> at least you get good stories out of it <laughs> well i love you i love you and thank you so much for doing this I, any excuse really to hang out with you oh it's great we've had a lovely cup of tea i've cuddled your dogs everything's gone great and, so yes um, thank you so I much look for forward inviting to me. many more chats Yay. Not on microphone. Yeah. I'll chat to you right now if you like. Okay, yeah. let's All do right. it. Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs>